You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome one. Welcome all. It is Tuesday, July 18th, 2023, 7.01 p.m. Central Standard Time on the dot. My name is RJ Ochoa. This is the Blogging the Boys Roundtable. You can watch us live every Tuesday evening tonight at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. But starting next week, every Tuesday's show will be at 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. We're starting to stay up late, getting ready to fall back into more and more darkness. You can also listen to this show on the Blogging the Boys podcast network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. Leave a rating, write a review. Make sure to check out bloggingtheboys.com if you read listen or watch any of our properties you will see here uh, or read i guess see uh, the stylings of myself and the other three gentlemen who have joined me tonight like i said i'm arjo Cho. if you're watching us in clockwise order we'll start in the northwest quadrant it is the one and only tony catalina who has some sort of dog on his t-shirt is that correct tony yeah it's a black dog like you know the black dog share company it's a cape cod thing <laughs> okay um i thought that'd be more interesting uh but it wasn't. So you know, <laughs> if you that's know, up you to know. You. Uh, thank you, Tony Catalina, for offering us no insights and no clever or charming responses. Uh, in our Southwest quadrant, uh, it is uh, the one and only David Hellman, who does not have bottles of liquor or liqueur behind him, if you're watching. Uh, Hellman, can you explain what that is and why you've chosen to align yourself with something so horrible? Well, it's a Cape Cod thing. You wouldn't understand. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I have uh, behind me is four bottles of the pumpkin spice uh, coffee syrup that I was able to get on Amazon because as it turns out, through the power of Amazon, it's pumpkin season all year round. Mm. Uh, We were talking before the show started whether or not pumpkin is a fruit or a vegetable. Uh, So I don't know that we found the answer to that. So Halman, maybe if you can let us know, that would be great. Uh, Joining us tonight for the first time, it is the one and only Jess Haney. Everybody can read Jess at bloggingtheboys.com. You can find him on Twitter at Cowboys underscore addicts. Jess, uh, you and I, I was telling the other gang here, uh, go back a long ways uh, to our, at least my initial blogging days at insidethestar.com. We've teamed up once again. You've been around BTB for a while now, but this is your first roundtable. Do you feel like a rookie? Absolutely. Uh, I just hope I am more Deron Bland and less Kelvin Joseph. Uh, I wanted to save this story for when we were here, uh, but I have podcasted with Jess once before, Tony and Howman. Jess, do you remember anything about it? Uh, not specifically. I remember doing it, but yeah, no, no, it was. I assume I did something horrible to you. You did not. Um, do you remember what year it was at all? Oh, no. It was 2016. And I remember because it was after the Cowboys went to Los Angeles in the first week of the preseason, they mm-hmm. returned to L.A. for the NFL. And Tony Howman, this is true story, straight up. I, I wouldn't lie. Uh, Jess and I were kind of talking like, hey, this Dak Prescott, like this is kind of strange. Like, how do we feel about this? And Jess said, I think you have to stick with him. I really think that you've got to kind of ride this out like the days of Tony Romo 
are are over. And I was really bothered. I was really upset. I was a little bit slower to kind of come around. Took me maybe the first month of the regular season. But Jess, with a premonition, uh, I mean, Jess, have you thought back to that at any point since then in the last seven years? Gosh, I don't. I, I don't remember saying it. Um, I'm sure it sounded uh, quite a like a heretic at the time, but um, I mean, yeah, I didn't expect uh, a Seahawk to take Tony Romo out two weeks later. So couldn't have seen uh, that coming. It felt very sacrilegious. Tony, were you, um, were you team Romo for a while? Like, did you, was it a slow burn for you to come around on Dak in 2016? No, I'm glad you bring up that story. Cause I actually have a, uh, a funny story myself. I, at the time I was living in Georgia, I was working in the recruiting department at the university of Georgia at the time. And I remember when, you know, Dak Prescott came in and, you know, I was looking at it. I was talking to just casual conversations with some buddies of mine and James Volano, who was the special teams coach at the time, walked in and he was like, hey, I was at Mississippi State last year, like buy a Dak Prescott jersey right now. I'm telling you, this guy is going to be an absolute stud. And I swear to you, it was on sale on Fanatics and I bought a jersey that day and I never looked back. I mean, this would have been a lot cooler if you would have like gone and gotten it and then like held it up you know but yeah. <laughs> you know that would that would have been you know this this is a, a game you know this is a, a way to there, there's a, a prize at the end of the round table so you missed out on the exclamation <laughs> point tony just a period at the end of your sentence but very cool story Halman. i i could see you being like a no everybody chill out with the stack thing like romo is just coming back uh i could see you um you know being a bit slower like me uh, at the very beginning i i was actually team dak pretty much from the beginning um and uh, somewhere out there, there, there is receipts for it, too, because I was also this was before my days with BTB as well. But I was on a podcast somewhere before preseason had even started. And I was talking about Dak Prescott, like he's he's a really good developmental guy. Like he's going to be he's going to be the future. And whoever I was talking to at the time said he's a right handed Tim Tebow. And I said, no, nah, he's way better than that. And then a couple months later, I was I was going back to that guy and saying, you still think he's right handed Tim Tebow? <laughs> Wow. Um, well, he almost won number 15, like Tebow. If it weren't for Devin Street, uh, Howman, you would have a 15 on your chest right now, not uh, not a number four. Um, Brian, thank you for the super chat. Um, says, first donation to the Get Jess Navarra's Back Fund. No offense to you, Jess Haney. Um, it was very confusing. We had two Jesses around uh, for a long time at BTB. Jess Navarra's uh, newest beat writer for the Dallas Cowboys for Pro Football Network. We are all very happy for and proud of that Jess and this Jess, um, you know, all Jesses really. Uh, but uh, but Jess is the best. We're certainly rooting her on. It was definitely a bummer to see her move. Uh, but let's see here. Uh, Brian does say that Halman, you filled in admirably. I like Halman, but I miss Jess. So, you know, not quite that. Rick has offered you five points, Halman, for the Dak shirt. Jess, this is a phenomenon. Um, people in the audience can hand out points. Um, to kind of contribute to your overall piggy bank at the end when we do hand out a winner. So how am the first to draw blood from the crowd? Um, I guess since we're on the subject of Dak, uh, Cowboys training camp starts next week. This is our last roundtable that doesn't have anything going on at the end of the week uh, as it relates to the Cowboys until, what, like mid-February, hopefully. So that's kind of exciting. Um, but I guess we have to start here. Hellman, this was actually your idea. Uh, so I'll let you kind of take the floor. Dak Prescott was misquoted about wanting to throw 10 interceptions. Can you just kind of tell the story that the, the graphic that was all around the world was Dak saying, I'm going to throw fewer than 10 interceptions. Am I correct on that? Yeah. So the, the, the first graphic that went out, the first quote and everything said that Dak said, I'm not going to throw 10 interceptions. I, I guess the assumption being it will be even less than 10. Of course, he had 15 led the league this this past year and uh, in case you haven't heard that, in case some somehow that graphic has not been thrown in your face a million times by now, 
Um, he had 15 last year, um, but it turns out he didn't say he's not going to throw 10. He said there won't be any tipped interceptions because a lot of the interceptions he threw were tipped passes or drops and fell into the defender's hand. And somebody heard 10 instead of tipped and ran with it. And now that's now that's what we've got as a prediction centering around 10 interceptions that he didn't actually make. Uh, Jess, I was kind of honestly surprised that there wasn't more trolling um, before the clarity. Uh, shout out to Todd Archer, I think was the first to provide the context that it was the word tipped. Uh, but Jess, I thought people would be like, well, he could throw 11. You know, like that's not 10. You know, like I, I honestly was kind of surprised that that low hanging fruit wasn't taken. Oh, if I wasn't a Cowboys fan, that was exactly where my brain went. Like, you know, but <laughs> yeah, it, it is um, just, you know, unfortunately kind of one of those things that one reputable person took the wrong interpretation and it circulated way more than it ever should have. Uh, I mean, what else is he going to say? You know, even if he had said 10, okay, yeah, good goal. It's <laughs> It's it's the it, that falls under the same logic of we're going to score more points than the other team like that's our goal, so um, yeah it's, it's it's a non-story. Tony, I saw you quoted the original graphic, original what we now know was a misquote, and kind of said what Jess just did. You were like, "What else is he supposed to say?" Y'all, are, I think you used the clown emoji. You were like, "Y'all are clowns getting upset about this." So you you are very fired up about people who think it's dumb that Dak would, even though he didn't profess that 10 or fewer interceptions is the goal. Yeah. Like anytime I see Dak Prescott or the Cowboys, like on headlines, I flinch a little bit because even if like the intention is good, it's always going to be misconstrued. And I know you said you didn't see enough of, or didn't see the 11 interception thing being thrown around. I saw it a little bit. And like you said, it's, it's low hanging fruit, but whether it was tipped or 10, I think what he said it has merit to it, right? Like I think last year was an anomaly when it came to how many actual tipped weird, you know, funky interceptions there were. And it, it's kind of an outlier with how many turnovers he had overall. So if the quarterback said, you know, what he said, um, if it was tipped or 10, it didn't matter. I think the message is clear. So if we exclude the 2020 season, because he only played in five games, there are six seasons to Dak Prescott's career so far. Does anybody know? Because we've all kind of like, oh, the interceptions, there's going to be regression, blah, blah, blah. Does anybody know how many times in those six years Dak Prescott has hit at least 10 interceptions? Half of those seasons. So your guess is three. Jess, what's your guess? Two. Tony? Four. It would be four. Um, Dak was super efficient at protecting the ball as a rookie, only through actually four interceptions. Uh, but in 2017 through 13, in 2019, the really impressive season that Dak kind of took off in um, through 11. So kind of a moderate you know, season there uh, through 10 exactly in 2021. Then, of course, 15 uh, in 2022. If he threw 10 picks or 11 picks, like that's not like a, a freak out thing, right? Like, like are any of us like worried if Dak threw, even if Dak threw 15 picks again, like if there's other, you know, data to kind of supplement that, I don't think any of us are bothered by the amount of interceptions. Interceptions are just one moment in time. It is kind of dumb that we, you know, even if you think about like touchdowns and interceptions, you're talking about like a fraction of all the th that a quarterback makes in a single season. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we've seen, we've seen ahead, 20. Jackson. We've seen 20 before. I mean, some quarterbacks have thrown 20 season, Eli Manning. So, it, I mean, there's 15. I mean, yeah, it's not your best best work. but it, and, and like we've said, with the tip balls and some of these just weird anomalous things that happened, it's not really uh, indicative of a regression in his game. Howman. Yeah, I mean, to, to Jess's point here, I mean, 
just a couple of years ago, Jameis, he, he went out there and had 30 interceptions. And it's, it's kind of crazy to think that 15 was the number that ended up leading the league. That's compared to most seasons. That's fairly low. It's not really, you know, that terrible. In a 17-game regular season. Granted, Dak didn't play that many, but Jameis' 30 was in a 16-game regular season, to your point. Yeah. So you would you would think that there would be even more. Um, okay, so um, I guess we're kind of on a negative um, sort of slope here. Um, so I guess we'll stay here. At least I think this is negative, or I have a negative slant on it. Um, the prompt is, are we following for the hype around the photos of Dak and the offense working out together? Tony, I'm going to start with you first, because you are somebody who um, – this is catnip for you, I feel like, more than, than a lot of people. Um, Dak and all the receivers and tight ends uh, shared photos from a workout that I believe was in Atlanta over the weekend. Um, just working out, you know, these were very official, very professional photos. And it is the kind of like standard hype stuff, like Dak is shirtless, he looks shredded, like every, there's a lot of team camaraderie. Uh, but this does feel a little bit like like just kind of tugging at us, Tony, are, are you allowing yourself to get hyped up over the photos of the group chemistry and whatnot? I don't know. Did Tony freeze now or am I frozen? Did something happen? Something dramatic. Sorry. You guys hear me? I cut. Yeah, out we can hear you now. I, th I thought right, you were sorry. really like thinking about it. I thought I offended you or something. So uh. no, no. So I'm saying I'm buying into it because I'm football starved, right? I really enjoy football and I want to see the content. So I'm, I'm enjoying it for that aspect. I understand that in is in the it doesn't mean a whole lot, but you know, at, at the end of the day, I think it's it's more fun than anything. Mm. Uh, Jess, are you into this at all, or is this like, are, are you? Is this? Am I a little get off my lawn? I feel a little like old, like being like guys. They're just working out. Like you know, there's no need for all the fanfare. I, I mean, I, I feel like I've seen it every year. And I mean, there, these pictures have come out every other year of Dak with some group of players and even before Dak. And I, and I put as much stock in those as I do of pictures of Tony Romo and Jason Witten at, in Cabo. I mean, it's the off season. We know they're working. We know they're getting ready for the season. Uh, just because you got a picture of it doesn't change anything. If, uh, if Romo and Witten were going to be photographed anywhere, Jess, it would be at a Duke basketball game, uh, not in Cabo, um, just so we're all clear about that. Uh, Halman, um, are you into this at all? Um, I guess maybe we're all kind of negative. Maybe we're all too jaded. We all just, you know, the glass is half empty for all of us. I, I think uh, Jess kind of hit the same point that I was going to make was at this point, it's what I expect from Dak is, you know, he, he's such a he's such a hard worker and he's such a leader that, I mean, we've seen this before. We've seen him like getting the guys together and making sure that they're all putting in the work, that they're all, you know, he's holding them all accountable. And, and I mean, you like to see that. I, I think it's certainly a good thing. Uh, it's definitely not like the, the Giants um, boat boating trip that they did a few years ago that completely cursed that entire franchise. So, I mean, I like to see it, but I like I didn't, when I saw the pictures, I wasn't like, oh, 17 and 0, Super Bowl, baby, like. I was like, yeah, that's exactly what he should be doing. Yeah. Um, I actually kind of think that the like professional photographs do make it a little bit more hollow for me. You know what I mean? Like it, why does, why is this necessary? Like for posterity? You know what I mean? Like, like can anyone come up with a good, like a noble reason why there's professional photography happening here? It might be an ad for the iPhone camera. That's a good point. <laughs> Tony. You I, I think I'm, yeah, I think uh, what is his name? Forty Second Witness. That guy. He's everywhere. He's kind of he's been amazing. around. The, I mean, yeah, like, he's his awesome. His work is amazing. I'm not doubting that at all. But like, yeah. I mean, 
I guess I think maybe it's, it's just like standard. Uh, I, I mean, think he's a. Fa- I think they're friends. With, I think they like the guy. So it's like, come in, come and enjoy the trip with the boys, and take some dope photos of us. I guess. Jess, do you believe this is a like you know th- this is a JJ Watt working with the one trash can on Hard Knocks under the streetlight? You know what I mean? Like it, it feels it does like the 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 like proof of photography does make it feel a little bit staged. Maybe to a point, but it's like who has ever doubted Dak's leadership? Like that is the one thing about him that everyone admits to, even even enemy fans will say, yeah, he seems like a great leader. I just don't think he'll ever want to see. I mean, so I don't think that is something like this isn't like Kirk Cousins or somebody who's like got a different reputation he's trying to uh, work on. I mean, Dak's already got that. That's fair. Um, I just, you know, I'm I'm trying to kind of look at this a way that maybe nobody else is. Like everybody was like, this is super cool. And it is super cool. But why do we know about it? You know what I mean? Like that's a little bit interesting in my mind. Uh, Kevin Gray is here. Everybody should subscribe to Kevin's YouTube channel. Kevin is the best. Uh, KG rocks. Uh, so go subscribe to Kevin's uh, YouTube channel. Thank you for joining us, Kevin. Everybody should check out his Cowboys and Mavericks coverage, even though the Spurs are a million times better than the Mavericks. Um, Jess, who is your NBA team of note? Uh, right now, I am a total free agent. Uh, LeBron killed my Lakers fandom. Um, it, <laughs> that was it. I, I'd been a Lakers fan since the Vlade Divac, Eldon Campbell days. And, um, when LeBron showed up, I was like, all right, not my Lakers anymore. And wow, I'm just okay. waiting it out. Well, Wemby uh, has made the Spurs relevant again. So, um, if you you know want to hang out here, we've got some room. Uh, I think Tony's probably a Celtics fan. Is that right, Tony? Yeah, um, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Hellman Thunder? I, I really don't know. I think. <laughs> no, I'm a Bulls fan. Okay, so I was going to go Suns, if not Thunder, so that makes all... Oh, I think I've seen you tweet about this before. Um, so, okay, well, there we it's go. It's a sad life, so I don't tweet about it too much. Well, now it is. Um, yeah. yeah. Whatever. But anyway, okay, so Tony Pollard will officially play this season on the franchise tag, getting back to the Cowboys. He and the team did not come to terms on a long-term deal. On Monday at the deadline, 4 p.m. Eastern time. I don't think anybody was surprised by this. Um, I don't think anybody should have been surprised by uh, the lack of deal for Pollard, Saquon Barkley, or Josh Jacobs. Um, But unlike uh, Barkley and Jacobs, Pollard has at least signed his franchise tag. So we know he's coming back from the injury, but we do know that he is guaranteed to be around and to play for the Cowboys in 2023. Uh, Danny Phantom wrote an article at Blogging the Boys this, uh, I was going to say this week, but today about why Tony Pollard probably won't be on the team in 2024. I think we all probably agree with that too. Like Tony, this, this does feel like a really kind of chalk obvious thing where everyone just kind of understands the math of it all and, you know, the results that it spits out. Yeah, I think when you see how they handled Ezekiel Elliott, moved him out, and now you had Tony Pollard on a one-year deal where you understand he's an explosive player and somebody that can really help you in 2023, but by virtue of the way that the league and probably everyone around it is viewing the running back position, you probably don't have to allocate $10.1 million, you know, over more than one just year, you know, just one year. Let Tony Pollard come in, get the most you can from him. He's a lightly used back in a lot of senses, hadn't had a lot of carries in his career. Um I think he's explosive. I think he can help in 2023, but there's nothing that's stopping them from using a draft pick next year and kind of resetting the room. So, you know, I I don't think anybody's shocked by this move. I think it would have been much more shocking if all those kind of rumblings of like, hey, they're still kind of working on a deal. It's no guarantee it gets done. If something were to materialize from that, I think a lot of us have been a little bit more surprised by that. 
So a huge thank you to Brian for the super chat. Howman, I'm going to tee this one up for you. Brian says, if the Cowboys could sign someone who scored over 10 touchdowns last year, had 800 yards and averaged just under four yards per carry and was a goal line and short yardage beast for, say, $2 million, would you be interested? This is obviously a hint at one Ezekiel Elliott. Um, at, in the $2 million range at this point, I, I think I'd be fine with it. Um and I, I've definitely not been someone who's been opposed to bringing Zeke back. Oh, um, no. if, we're, if we're saying that's who it is, you know, it was a very hypothetical question. But uh, I mean, my issue with Zeke has always been his contract and he had a, a horrible contract. It was it, it impacted the team's ability to retain certain players, to bring in other players. And it also impacted the game plan to a degree, because when you saw he had clearly lost a step, they were still feeding the ball. Because, well, he's making this much money, he's got to play that much. If you, if you bring him back at a much more reasonable price, which I think $2 million is at this point, especially if you're not going to be spending that on, on anyone else at this point, um, you know, he, he can still function as a short yardage back. But at the same time, I'd like to see what they have in Ronald Jones, what they have in Deuce Vaughn, uh, Malik Davis, these other guys. So I, I think you for sure let it play out through the true training camp and preseason. But it's nice to know that Zeke is out there. Jess, I feel like the consensus is that the Cowboys have handled the running back position rather flawlessly this offseason. Like, we can sit here and nitpick and say maybe they should have just let Pollard walk. Maybe you're concerned about the injury or whatever the case may be. Um, but the release of Zeke and the freeing up of that valuable salary cap space, which Pollard obviously now takes up, um, you know, nobody was rooting for Zeke to not have a job. But again, we all understood the, the math involved here. If the Cowboys did bring Zeke back, like in, in this dynamic would that not feel like a step backwards even if it was like a two million dollar thing like now that they're in this sort of new era yes and no because i i think that zeke is versatile enough that he works with whatever the cowboys offense is going to look like next year like if they truly do look more like a west coast team zeke has the receiving ability the back i mean his blocking of course all that he could be a great west coast back if he's still got some juice so I don't think it's a step backward and it like it doesn't change anything about what they're stra- doing strategically. Um, and yeah, I mean, if, you, but if you can get him for 2 million, but I don't think Zeke's, he's got more pride than that. I also think it would feel, uh, I don't think any Cowboys fan would feel bad about this, but it would feel kind of dirty. Like it would feel kind of like cheating the system. You know what I mean? Like the Cowboys were able to just kind of like cut him and benefit from that. And then, you know, sign him again. I think the Eagles did that with Fletcher Cox last year, if I'm not mistaken. So I guess there is technically precedent. Um, and I've made this joke before, Tony, but like it would be very Cowboys, you know, to bring Zeke back, slap number 15 on him, which we've brought up, and then sell all of those jerseys. Um, but again, that would that would feel like a step back in a like philosophical way to me. Maybe I am just like grumpy today. I don't know. But do you agree? I, I think I'm with Howman in the sense that the money made it feel like unworthy to me it just that's the tough part if you give him two million dollars you know three million dollars whatever that number is it's a much more palatable number for me to sit here and say he's not competing for that number one job with tony pollard he's not a 90 million dollar man anymore can he just beat out ronald jones malik davis and you know rico dial can he do what we need him to do as a number two back and with tony pollard getting the bulk of the carries probably you know a, a much significant more split i could see value in a guy like ezekiel elliott now 
his wear and tear comes up and his injuries kind of linger. And as you get later in the season, it becomes less effective. I wonder what a guy like him can do with fresh legs towards the end of the year. I, I think obviously there's a lot of respect in that locker room. I just wonder, you know, is it worth even exploring at this point? Do any of us really believe the Cowboys would, would bring Zeke in and so effectively change nothing except his literal Jersey number and then prioritize Tony Pollard? Like, like, do any of us really believe that that would happen? Because it, it actually literally hasn't happened for the last two years. I think it very well could just because Jerry Jones loves him and because he's always put a premium on the relationships and the guys that he knows. And he likes to have the guys that he's very comfortable with around. And that's one of the reasons why Zeke lasted so much longer than a lot of the fan base wanted him to. Um, but then again, it, it kind of could be a litmus test for just how much sway Mike McCarthy has at this point as a coach. Mm. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I don't know about this. I do want to bring this comment up from Casey Hammond, Jess, who says I have zero evidence of this being viable, but I'm really hoping this Lupke kid can be our short yardage guy. The undrafted free agent fullback, Hunter Lupke. Uh, Hammond mentioned the Cowboys do have Deuce Vaughn. It feels like Deuce Vaughn's name cooled off rapidly like deuce vaughn was hot and then like nobody ever spoke of his name like ever again um so maybe that changes starting next week uh but still you've got ronald jones you've got deuce vaughn malik davis rico dowdle hunter lubke like where is the room i mean like you know it just feels just again like the cowboys have options at different places especially with tony Parr leading the way why why add anyone anywhere at this particular position yeah i mean to me zeke is like your brett maher of the running backs this year where they're going to see what they've got. And if they're not happy, he gets a call sometime in August. Like that's, that's Zeke at this point to Dallas. If, if there's any connection left there, which, you know, we're just speculating that to begin with. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, I am a, a, a longtime fullback purist guy. And, and if I'm all on, I'm all about Hunter Lepke, make, Bring bring that on. Like if he can be this sort of like almost a Peyton Hillisy type player, like the good Peyton Hillis that one year. Um the like Madden, he, that, that led to the Madden cover, right? Yeah. Right. Yeah, Madden cover Hillis. Or if he can just be Kuhn or or one of these other guys um that worked in a Mike McCarthy offense, I would love it. Even though it's old school, I would love it. Yeah. I Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. 
For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I mean, and to, for that matter, like, give us Ryan Grant and James Stark. Like, you know what I mean? Like, give, give us all the, like, was it Stark or Starks? Um, but either way, I think it was Starks. Um, but give us all those dudes. Like, we're not looking for the Eddie Lacy, Mike McCarthy offense. You know what I'm saying? Like, we're looking for the, like, committee that he had rocking and rolling. Uh, thanks again to Brian for the super chat. Uh, Tony Bryan says the Cowboys showed that Pard was number one last year. If they bring him in, talking about Zeke, that doesn't change their methodology. Rojo isn't a short yardage back. Maybe Lepke. Otherwise, who is our short yardage back? It isn't Pollard. It might be Hunter Lepke. It might be Ronald Jones. I mean, you know what I mean? Like, we, we have no – Ronald Jones has also kind of flown under the radar, Tony. Yeah, it's that's the thing. I mean, you kind of know what you're getting from Ezekiel Elliott. And, I, and this is what I lean on when I think of Zeke. I, I'm not upset. If Zeke Elliott is on this roster, I think the reason why he isn't on the roster, we all know, is because of the finances behind it, right? If if he's sitting here and the contract was much more palatable, we're not really having a number two running back conversation, right? Like now we're trying to figure out who's the best of this unknown situation between Ronald Jones, Malik Davis, Rico Dow, Hunter Lepke. Like there's a lot of unknown and I'm I'm in the of the mind to go to camp and try to sort it out. If it isn't what you like and you're not getting the results you hope you are, you, you might knock down the door if he's still available and see what happens. But I, I think what people seem to forget is the expectation and the burden on Zeke Elliott was because of the finances that tied, tied to him. It wasn't the fact that he was an 800 yards and 10 touchdown guy. Like he still proved to be able to put up numbers. Just if you change the role and change the number, I bet you change the perception. Um, if anybody's perception changes because he changes jersey numbers, then, you know, that would be amazing. Um, so uh, we'll see. But okay, let's get to a, a different subject. Uh, well, Tony Pollard didn't get a new contract, obviously. I mean, he technically did, but uh, that was kind of old news as far as this week was concerned. Um, I would like each of you to come prepared with an answer for this. Which long-term deal are you most confident will happen soon? Hopefully at camp is in parentheses here. The Cowboys very famously typically do some of these long-term deals. While in Oxnard, everyone is kind of on the same campus, so to speak, at the Courtyard Marriott. Um, it offers them time to kind of get together. We've seen Zach Martin's deal, Travis Fredericks, Tyron Smith's. Um, obviously, there are exceptions like Des Bryant's or Dak Prescott's or Demarcus Lawrence's, but odds are high that the Cowboys will get something done here, uh, whether it is with Dak Prescott an extension, maybe a new deal for CeeDee Lamb, maybe a new deal for Terrence Steele, maybe a new deal for Tyler Biotish, maybe a new deal for Trayvon Diggs. Who are each of your guesses? Uh, we're going to start with Jess because I feel like it. I'm going to go with Diggs because of a few things. One, he's the only guy who's unrestricted after this year. Uh, granted, he could be franchised, but at the very least, they've still got Dak. They've still got CD with the fifth-year option. Um, they don't have to necessarily worry about them next year. Um, also, for the last two seasons at least, there hasn't really been a hot cornerback market. So you haven't seen that price going up and up every year to where Diggs is now coming in, like, well, then I'm, you know, with that market inflation. So the the, the top cornerback numbers are actually a few years old now. Um, and so that, in a way, helps the Cowboys as opposed to, you know, like with Lamb, you know, those wide receiver numbers just keep going up, 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 up. So I think that now is the time to strike with Diggs. Um, you could probably get him at a relative discount. 
so I don't want to put this into the ether, 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 whatever. Um, I mentioned this on a different podcast that'll go out on the feed on Wednesday. Um, what if Trayvon holds out? Like, is, is that not possible? Like, like, are we not maybe, you know, eight days away from Trayvon Diggs or maybe seven days away from the team getting on the plane and Trayvon Diggs, you know, Zeke's holdout kind of wasn't a surprise, but was a little bit like, wow, he's actually not there. You know what I mean? Like, could that not happen? Like Trayvon, again, a week from Tuesday, we're seeing all these tweets like Trayvon Diggs, not on the team charter to Oxnard, Trayvon Diggs, blah, blah, blah. I mean, Jess, you mentioned uh, the wide receiver market. Uh, Casey Heyman brings up, I hope they prioritize Lamb because the market is about to explode even more with Justin Jefferson next year and Jamar Chase, I would add to that mix. Uh, Devontae Smith, if the Eagles do pay him. So, but I would add to that, the, you know, Stefan Diggs can get out of his contract or the Bills can get out of that contract next year. Like, is we we are very very aware that the Diggs brothers want to play together, right? They make that very well known as often as they can. So if the Cowboys don't take care of Trayvon now, is it not likely to some degree, Hellman, that he and his brother are kind of going to position themselves and use each other as leverage for next offseason, which would leave the Cowboys a bit high and dry? I, I think it's possible. I think uh, especially because, as Jess was saying, the cornerback market has kind of stagnated a little bit, and it hasn't really you know, blown up relative to like the quarterback market, the wide receiver market. Um, and so I think that he, he could potentially look at that and say, well, if, you know, if I'm, if I'm going to get my money, I can't just, I can't just wait. I got to go ahead and force their hand now. But I actually think the Cowboys might kind of be okay with that right now. I think they're, if anything, they're probably feeling pretty good about their cornerback situation right now. Cause you know, they, they went out and, and drafted, uh, you know, Trayvon Diggs was a second round pick and he turned out to be this phenomenal player. And then they had uh, Deron Bland and he kind of came out of nowhere last year and he was really good. And they've had a pretty good track record, Kelvin Joseph, notwithstanding. Of being Sean Wright, you know, let's, let's say, let's say all the names. How many, you can't just cherry pick here. I mean. Well, and I mean, before that though, I mean, you're, you talk about Jordan Lewis, he's been a very productive and steady player for them. Anthony Brown was around for a very long time. Cheeto Bay Aruzier, they ended up not keeping him, but he went on to have a lot of success in Cincinnati. You know, you can pick out a couple of picks lately that haven't quite worked out, but they they have a pretty good track record with scouting and drafting defensive backs. And that's without even talking about their track record safety with Donovan Wilson, even J. Ron Curse and Malik Hooker's free agency signings. So I, I think that it, it might get to a point where there is a holdout just because the Cowboys feel that they have some leverage and Trayvon might feel that he has some leverage. Tony, the more I think about it, the more it makes sense. And again, not trying to like, you know, speak this into existence, but Trayvon's not dumb. Tr Trayvon has Twitter if it isn't rate limited for him, right? Like Trayvon is aware that the Cowboys are going to have to pay Micah Parsons next year. The Cowboys are going to have to pay CD Lamb. The Cowboys have to figure out a Dak Prescott extension. They're probably going to bring back one of Terrence Still or Tyler Biotish. You know, Trayvon knows like, dude, I'm, I'm in line and I need to jump to the very top here because like Jess said, I'm the only one in unrestricted free agency, right? Like this, this is my opportunity right here, right now to use some leverage because I am a second round pick. There's, there's no time like the present. I mean, we all knew that regression was going to come for him from an interception standpoint in 2022. He's not promised an amazing or stellar season in 2023. Like it, it makes a lot of sense for Trayvon Diggs to demand to get paid right now. Yeah, I think especially just hit it on the head. There's a lot of different variables here that is um, in play, in my opinion, where it's like 
Diggs can look around the room and be like, I might be the odd man out here, right? Micah Parsons is going to get paid. He has to get paid. You can see the smoke with the fire with CD Lamb thinking they're trying to get out in front of the Justin Jefferson deal here. Diggs, and you know, and then you look at Dak Prescott and it's like, okay, well, they're probably not going to let him play at like, what, 55 million or whatever that, that, you know, big number is next year. So Diggs is probably like, if I don't say or do something now, I'm probably looking for a different home or it's just not as clean cut for me as I think it should be. So um, I was going to lean, if you asked me the question outright, I was going to lean CD lamb, but you know, there might be some real merit here to just go ahead and get digs done. So we don't have a, a catastrophe on our hands here. I don't know if the like impetus for your answer, Jess was the, like the, the sand, you know, particles dripping out of the hourglass and there are far fewer in Trayvon Diggs. Um, but my position all along here has been, I want the Cowboys to decide whether they want him back or not. Cause if they do, yeah, you got to do it now. Like I would, I would argue then that he's got to be the first one you take care of. But if, if you decide right now, look, we're fine moving on from Trayvon after this year, we'll let somebody else hand in the bag. You have to stick to that. Like what I do not want is a mess where they just kind of drag this out and then tag him in 2024 and then have the tag hovering over the pending deals for Micah and CD and Dak. If that happens, whatever, that would be the worst case scenario to me, Jess. Yeah, agreed. It, it is. Um, what they do now is pretty much – it says a lot. I, I don't foresee, given all the other things that are coming up, that you can just let this go and then and then franchise them next year. That just feels like that would be too much. Um, to me, that would almost feel a little bit like how they handled Demarcus Lawrence. Like, And now you've got a lot of money tied up in an asset, which, I mean, is not – DeMarc Soros is, is an underrated player, but he's an overpaid player. I mean, those two things can be true at the same time. Um, so then, yeah, you don't want that to happen again. Um, I will say, like, when you think about him this year, too, having Gilmore on the other, si- on the other side of the field, he could have his best year yet. Um, I mean, if he gets more pick balls thrown his way, like, the interception numbers could go back up very quickly. So, um, or at least get him back closer to the uh, 2021 numbers. Mm. Okay, so Jess's answer for Cowboy most likely to get a long-term deal, the first one to get a long-term deal at camp, because it could be multiple, uh, is Trayvon Diggs. Jess, do you want Howman or Tony to go next? Who do you hate more? Oh, I hate them equally. (laughs) That's fair. Uh, But uh, I guess who do you hate more in this specific moment, um, which means you want them to go last. So um, who, who gets to go next? I'll I'll go alphabetical, David. Wow! Oh, with David, I it still would have worked with Halman too. But uh, Halman, you're up. Um, I, I think I think CD Lamb's going to be the first one, um, and and of course the hope is that they all get done at camp. But I think CD is probably just just thinking about how the Cowboys tend to operate. It, it seems like they're going to go with CD. It seems like I would even argue that that's that's the smarter decision, just because that wide receiver market it's already blowing up and you talk about chase and Jefferson, it's going to get even more. So if you can get that taken care of before then, you know, and for Liam on his side, of course, his agent is saying, just wait as long as you can wait it out. Like if we can wait until one of those guys, you're going to get even more money, but if you can take care of him, especially because the Cowboys seem to have learned their lesson about valuing wide receivers, they seem to have learned their lesson about getting rid of Amari Cooper with how they brought in Brandon Cooks. Um, it, it seems like that's something that they might prioritize and just really try to do what it takes to get him signed now rather than after another shoe drops. So CD is your choice. Um, that makes sense to a, a large degree, but he is the one with the most amount of sand particles in the hourglass. I mean, that, that isn't 
affect your opinion whatsoever? No, because it, I think the, the sand particles have to get adjusted somewhat because of the market, because you know that at any point, one of these receivers, whether it's the, the other two guys we've talked about or someone else, they, they can go ahead and get their deal done. And then suddenly that price tag just went up so much more. Mm. Tony, uh, before we get your answer here, Casey has offered a, a bit of a negative sort of mindset. Um, says, when I sit here and think about the impending major contracts coming up so uh, soon, I just feel so much doom and gloom. Am I the only one feeling like our best chance to win only has one to two years left? Tony, do you agree? I mean, I can understand why contracts and paying some of our stars would, would cause some anxiety, right? Like nothing is guaranteed. We've seen years that we felt really good about and opportunities that have gone to the wayside and it's just another lost year. I, I would hate to have this season end in that fashion and you're sitting there like, well, you know, where are we at with Diggs? Where are we at with CD Lamb? Like, you know, what is Dak Prescott's present? Like if he doesn't get it, uh, get it done again what how loud are those noises around you know so i can understand that point of view but ultimately like you do your best you can right now to build up the future but you've got to stay and worry about the here and now because i'm not gonna you know i'm trying to enjoy 2023 i don't want to get anxiety over 2024 and 2025 i do get the point though because trayvon diggs is the best corner the cowboys have had since who byron jones Oh, it's a, it's a sore the subject. Complete um, opposite. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a sore subject, but like, you get what I'm saying? Like, it's it was that like there was a little drought. You know what I mean? As far as finding like top tier cornerback play, like there were some good players and some happy moments, but like, th like the Cowboys have one of the like bona fide superstar corners in the NFL, and like if that were to be gone, it would it would feel like you know lighting back up behind the eight ball, which would not be a fun sort of sensation to experience. So. Uh, plus, Zach Martin would be another year older. By the way, did anybody see Zach Martin was super active on social media today? Did anybody see yeah, this? Yeah, I did see that. Yeah. I found that to be so strange. Uh, Zach Martin hadn't had an organic tweet. And by that, I mean a non-retweet, like something where he typed out the tweet since the day Travis Frederick retired. Um, or the like the moment Travis Frederick retired. He released a statement that, you know, at that time, it was like March of 2020. Um, I don't know if it was pre or, or post, like, COVID taking over. Uh, but that was the last time Zach Martin had like an organic tweet. And today he had one about like a ranking that I think PFF did of his. Um, it was really random. And then he got like really popping on Instagram and was like shouting out the Cowboys pro shop for selling his jerseys. Like Zach Martin woke up today and was like, you know, I want to be an influencer. So, uh, you know, maybe he that's the thing. He might leave the Cowboys for that career. You know what I mean? You just never know uh, when the sand particles ultimately will. Uh, run up but so cd lamb um is his choice do you think that's dumb just since you didn't say cd not at all he would um he would have been number two on my list um it does make sense to get ahead of some of the other bigger uh wide receiver contracts that are about to come the market's already gotten crazy i mean you've got a couple of 30 million dollar receivers in the league already um it is it, i mean it's kind of wild usually receiver and cornerback money tends to be pretty parallel and here over the last few years it's i don't somehow the wide receiver money's just gone skyrocketed ahead so um getting ahead of that now would be good and and i mean let's face it you don't give a guy number 88 because you plan for him to be a a one contract player i mean lamb is as much in the long-term plans of the organization as zeke was and we saw how early zeke got a new deal so i wouldn't be shocked at all well, they did give Randy Gregory 94, and while he technically got a second contract, that was kind of a, 
you know, a unique second and third, and I think even fourth, um, you know, contract. He didn't get a second long-term contract. So, you know, they're not beholden to the numbers, but you're right. That is a different they tried. <laughs> That's true. Um, Tony, okay, we've had Trayvon Diggs and CeeDee Lamb be taken as answers. Are either one of those yours, or do you have a different choice? Yeah, I, I came into this question saying it's going to be CeeDee Lamb, and I will give Jess credit because he kind of gave me a little pause with the Trayvon Diggs angle. It makes a lot of sense to me, but I'm going to follow what makes – you know what? What I see the smoke, and what smoked mm-hmm. is usually fire. There's a reason CD Lamb has been mentioned a lot. You know, nationally, locally, that they're they're working through it. I think they've learned from some of the past mistakes. They've kind of got Dak Prescott for an annual yearly, uh, you know, average a lot cheaper than they did. I mean, they fumbled that a little bit for a couple of years, kicked it on the can and it cost them. I think they want to get out in front of the Justin Jefferson mega deal that's coming. And I think it's a smart thing to do. CD lamb is obviously within your plans. He's somebody that you're going to build around. Just said, you know, you give him 88 for a reason. So I don't think they want to mess around. This might be one of the cleanest, like, yeah, no brainer contracts besides Micah Parsons, get this guy involved. Let's get a deal here. Um, and, and if it happens, you know, Last week, you know, last few days of July, I wouldn't be upset by that. Common. As we've been talking here, I've, I've been just kind of mulling it all over in my head. And I think a really good dark horse contender would actually be Tyler Biotish because, you know, everyone's thinking about CeeDee Lamb. Everyone's thinking about Trayvon Diggs. Um, but, I mean, do we remember when Tyron Smith got his first big contract extension and it was like 20 years just out of nowhere? <laughs> and they were like, oh, he's we're never going to have to sign him to another deal ever again. And Tyler Biotis is kind of, he's an ascending player. He, he plays an important position with center where, the, you know, there was some touch and go there, but then he's kind of gotten into a groove with Dak, especially being able to, you know, make the calls at the line, an important job for the center. Um, and, he, you know, he just got his first Pro Bowl. Now, if you if you go through another season and say he get, makes another Pro Bowl, then he gets a lot more leverage. And that's a position they don't really want to have to reset once again. So I could see them just kind of, you know, out of nowhere being like, all right, Biotish, we took care of him, gave him a huge deal, and it's like a total steal, just like the Tyron Smith deal. Uh, now we can turn our attention to the big fish. So is that your answer? Like, are you are you switching to Biotish? Is that, like, official? I'm going to go ahead and lock it in, yeah. <laughs> okay, so uh, we've got CD, or I guess CD is Tony's choice. Uh, Tyler Biotish is now Hellman's choice and Trayvon Diggs is just his choice. Um, I think the best choice was probably Hellman's. I think Tyler Biotish, like that would be a super chill thing. Like if we're talking about what happens first, it may not be the most pomp and circumstance, but it may be like a poof. Like I think Travis Frederick got his, uh, his big time deal while at training camp as well. Oh, I know he did. Uh, I don't know why I said that, but anyway, I think you're all wrong though. Um, while I think Hellman is the most likely it's Dak. Like it's, it's, that's the one that has to happen. Like we talk about like Sands and the hourglass, like that absolutely for any of these to work in the, like in not even the present, I guess, but the future, like that one has to happen. Dak's the one flying everyone to Atlanta, whether it's genuine or not getting it, you know, photographed and all sorts of different stuff. Like he's the guy and Tony, you said it, they learned their lesson with him. Jess, you brought up Demarcus Lawrence. They lost that contract negotiation because he is an overpaid player. They lost the Dak Prescott negotiation. And we've talked about the pending Justin Jefferson and Jamar Chase deals. There is a pending Joe Burrow deal. There's a pending Justin Herbert deal. Next year, there will be a pending Trevor Lawrence deal, right? Like it is just a never ending sort of thing. And they've already let players like Jalen Hurts get ahead of them and Lamar Jackson. Like this has to happen now. This is the most sizable one. You have to take care of this. Right here, right now, he's the longest tenured quarterback in the NFL with his specific team. Like, there's no need to kind of piddle around this. So, Dak is my choice. How embarrassed are each of you that you missed the lowest, low-hanging fruit? Jess. 
I mean, I, I totally get what you're saying, especially even just from a purely financial standpoint, you need to settle Dak's contract to kind of figure out where you're at right. going forward to set the floor for all this other stuff. The only thing I will say is, and this is more of just being a fan 30-year intuition type stuff. This year feels like a now or never for a few different people. McCarthy, Dak, I think that there are a few guys who that if this season does not go according to expectation, Jerry might go nuclear. Because, I mean, we have all talked about his mortality and the desperation to see this team do something. And he wouldn't, like, maybe not in a move he would have made 10 years ago, five years ago, but now, if Dak and McCarthy are just another second-round exit combination, I don't know. I don't know that – I think he might be ready to make bigger changes. So, it would be astronomical, obviously, but the Cowboys could move on from Dak after the 2024 four season if they don't rework his deal right like again if we're just talking like world of infinite possibilities again they would have to absorb the monster billion dollar number that you talked about tony but wouldn't i mean that's what the vikings are doing with Kirk cousins this year right like not to the same degree but like if the cowboys don't get this done at camp like it probably won't happen during the season right that's just kind of that's not the sort of thing that happens to me and i'm not like trying to be like hot takey but if they don't get the dac deal done it will fuel the fire that Jess just kind of spewed out in my mind. It will fuel the teeny tiny non-zero percent speculation that they are considering a life post stack beginning in 2025, that they want to maintain that out, however difficult it may be to get there, but they, they want to have the path that Andy Dufresne crawled so they can hit a roster reset in 2025. Is that fair to say, Howman, that if they don't get the deal done with Dak at, at training camp, that they, they are at least wanting to keep all options on the table? I mean, I, I think that's probably going to be the narrative regardless of what they do with Dak's contract. You know, for, for whatever reason, he always has this this thing about him where anytime he has a bad game, there's that conversation of, you know, can he do it? Can he win the big week game? Can can you rely on him? How long are the Cowboys going to be committed to him? Um, you know, and I mean, on some level, yeah, they do need to kind of evaluate him this year, see if he's going to throw 10 interceptions or, or tipped interceptions and see how that's going to work out. Um, but I mean, Really, you know, if we were if we were all running the show, I, I think we we all agree. Let's get Dak taken care of. Let's get him locked up. And you always want to have your quarterback locked up for the long, long, longest period that you can have them. Um, but I think for from Dak's perspective, you remember back in his negotiations, there was the big hang up on like the three year deal versus the four year deal, and and he's looking to kind of bet on himself and take advantage of the growing QB market. Um, so I wonder how much of it is necessarily the Cowboys are just kind of dragging their feet on it versus Dak saying, well, I see, you know, Burrow, I see Trevor Lawrence coming up. Like, you know, I can, if I can wait just a little bit, I'll get even more money, especially because he, he really deserves it after playing those first four years dirt cheap for nothing and being a starter for all of them. Tony, if the Cowboys don't get a Dak deal done at training camp and the regular season comes, will you be even like a, a one or two on the worry scale when it comes to this and, and the whole situation kind of getting awkward and dramatic again, the way it was obviously after his, or in the lead up to his first big contract. Yeah. I think it's, I think there's a healthy amount of nerves there when it comes to that, because that's a big number. 
And and now the onus is on what does 2023 look like, right? Because I can sing sing the praises and there's a lot of people that love Dak Prescott and there's a lot of people that don't like him. And at the end of 2023, somebody's going to have more firepower when it comes to that debate. If there's a contract that's unsettled, then that number is astronomical like we're talking about. If that's unsettled, that's just another layer to this whole situation. So, you know, it, it, I would love to sit here come February and, you know, if the contract's not done and he's sitting there making $55 million or that's what is projected next year and he's won a super bowl like let's have that conversation but if he doesn't get it done and we have another divisional round or a wild card and exit and now you're looking at the number it's it's funky you don't love that number you don't love the fact that this contract hasn't been sorted out and just like with the cowboys in any type of situation that conversation is going to be had and it's probably going to be had at nauseum well it's kind of um like scary exciting that came about to start because we're obviously excited for obvious reasons, but it's also kind of scary now because it's like, well, what if these things don't happen that we just kind of said were like vital? You know what I mean? So, um, you know, now we're, we're finally going to tip the hourglass over. Like it's finally going to start to sort of fall. Uh, Brian, thank you again for the super chat. It says prediction Dak throws for more than 10 interceptions, but has a lower interception percentage and throws for more than 4,000 yards. McCarthy saying run the day and ball a smokescreen of this team will be pass heavy. Yeah, I think we all agree that the McCarthy thing that he said at the combine was blown like ridiculously out of proportion. That's the only thing that anybody ever heard anybody from the Cowboys say this offseason, even though a week later. They literally cut Zeke and traded for Brandon Cooks. But, you know, they want to run the ball. It's totally cool. Like, whatever. Um, all right. The time has come. Um, well, it's really the awkward time, Jess, because I have to tell two of you that you lost and one of you that you won. And therefore, I have to like publicly say that one of you was better than the other two tonight. Um, it's a difficult um, crown, but I wear it with pride. Um, does anybody have a guess who won? My guess is not Tony. That's my guess as well. <laughs> <laughs> so um i don't know who has the most in roundtable history i wish we had kept a running tally um but oh well um so we have um we don't have any ties so we do have everybody here made the podium so congratulations to you all big time accomplishment uh you know you all get to kind of stand there while uh, one of your national anthems plays uh in third place with 48 points this evening we have david hellman uh hellman do you feel like this is fair yeah, I mean, I feel like I, I could have done a little bit more. I could have gone a little bit farther. It wasn't my best day. You know, I'll get them. I got to say, I, I took away points while the Biotis point was good for flip-flopping. You know what I mean? Like, I want to see conviction. Um, and you didn't have that tonight. So I respect, you know, your reverse logic and, you know, you're wanting to kind of express different points and opinions. But, um, you know, you got to be all in. And you weren't. So, you know, you hesitated and it cost you tonight. Um, so you had 48 points uh, representing the San Francisco 49ers. I was Tony Catalina with 49 points, which means Jess with a 50 burger. You are a round table winner, a winning percentage of 100. Jess, I gave you three points um, for uh, for the DAC uh, premonition you had seven years ago that we talked about. Uh, wow. But really, uh, what took you over the edge, it was these five points from in the flats uh, gave you five points. Uh, you were sitting on 45 that took you up to 50. So congratulations, Jess. What do you have to say? That's uh, amazing. Um, I would like to know like what the conversion rate of these points is to like Shroot Bucks and Stanley Nichols. Um, but beyond that, uh, it's an honor. Uh, rookie of the year or the week or whatever you want to say. Um, that's true. Um, I don't know. We don't have anything for you except for pride um, and honor. Uh, but uh, I don't have those things often. So that's great. right. Uh, so they're yours now. Tony, not yours tonight. Um, how do you feel, Tony? You Silver. I mean, not bronze. So, I mean, you got to feel somewhat proud in some ways. This is a familiar, familiar place for me. So I'm quite comfortable you know, losing on the round table. Look, I mean, 
Tony, if you're getting second, you know, like that, the first like, loser. No, but I'm saying like that, this, you know, if this was golf, if this was a PJ tour, you're cashing out. You know what I mean? Like you're making a pretty decent living coming in with all these second places. If so, only. <laughs> uh, Jess, Caleb has nicknamed you the Rote, rookie of the episode. I kind of like that. Uh, so, um, you know, there you go. Congratulations to it. our Rote. Uh, Kevin offers that each 1,000 wins is worth a penny. So you have a bit of a ways to go uh, to uh, pick things up. That feels Tony, right. These are Brian's words, not mine, that second is the first loser. Uh, so, you know, Halman, you weren't even the first loser tonight, but so you were the second loser at the very least. Um, all right. I'm just um, wondering if Tony got the office reference. He, he was laughing, but I was like, he doesn't even watch that. Yeah, show. that's true. Have you started, you pledged um, on the last round table, Tony, that you would start watching The Office. Have you done so? I have not. <laughs> I have not. They dropped the quarterback. There's some other things going it's on. It's just called quarterback. There's no the. Yeah. Just, yeah. I'm the quarterback. Um, you are the quarterback for your annual Thanksgiving Day game. You've told us that's that before. True. Uh, that but uh, Tony, I mean, again, th this is like you being like hamburgers. Pff, never had them. I'm good. Like that's like literally the equivalent of what you're doing here with the, the office. Is hamburgers? Um, I would say so, but it's, they're like hamburgers <laughs> with like bacon. You know what I mean? Like yeah. they're souped up hamburgers. Um, Wagyu. So yeah, exactly. Um, I would offer that Parks and Rec, if and when you get there, is like a hamburger, but with sweet potato fries instead of regular fries. You know what I mean? Turkey like, burger. Just leave the analogies to me. Okay. You got it. Yeah. Um, Jess, uh, as our winner, I would like you to tell us something that we can watch on, on Netflix or Hulu or whatever um, mm -hmm. to pass the time for this next week. Because beginning a week from today... The Dallas Cowboys will, in fact, be heading on out to Oxnard, California, and all of our personalities and lives and happiness uh, will be completely and totally you know, dictated by what they do for the next seven months. I'm going to continue the office parks and rec theme and go watch the Superior show, which is Brooklyn Nine-Nine. The, the least appreciated of the trio and yet the best from beginning to end. Yeah, that was um, not what we were looking for, uh, Jess. But, you know, we can't take away wins. So um, this this is awkward now. Uh, Halman, say four words and we'll leave. Four words you like. Just any four words. How about them Cowboys? Mm. He went, given the points. 